BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn out. Hi guys, welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. I am your host, Kenzie Elizabeth. And in today's episode, we have Alexis Oakley. She is a celebrity makeup artist and a businesswoman. I'm sure you guys have seen her quite literally everywhere. I mean, she did Kris Jenner's makeup recently. So she's kind of a big deal. Alexis did my makeup a little over two years ago. It was before I moved out of LA. I was sick that day. This was like pre-pandemic and I was just so out of it. But she is unbelievably talented. Again, I'm sure you guys have seen her all over. What I really wanted to talk about with Alexis is that she's also become her own sort of influencer while building her own brand, her own business, building clientele. We're also talking about like manifesting your dream life and kind of creating a career that didn't really exist before. She's really kind of pioneering a new way to be a makeup artist, which I thought was really cool. Anyways, I'm really excited for it. This episode, as always, we have Breadwinning Housewife merch linked in the description. You guys can watch every episode on YouTube, follow us on TikTok, follow us on Instagram, join the newsletter. Um, but without further ado, let's welcome Alexis onto the show. Alexis, I'm so glad that I have you here today. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm really looking forward to this. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, you would know her makeup is the best thing you've ever seen. And that's because she is the world-renowned Alexis Oakley. <laughs> wow. We have a celebrity amongst us. Wow, thank you for that. <laughs> She's a makeup artist and is like actually incredible. We're going everywhere today. We're talking about like building a business, clientele, balance, working 24-7. We're going to go everywhere. Perfect. But we have to start with your Raya story. Oh my God, okay. <laughs> it is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. If you guys are unfamiliar, Raya is a essentially like a celebrity dating app. It's like it, an industry in quotes dating app. Yeah, yeah, I feel like in the beginning, especially it was very celebrity yes. focused. Whereas now it's kind of like anyone in the industry can mm-hmm. get on. But <laughs> I wanted to go down so bad, just like everyone in LA and all my friends were on it and always talking about like all the hot guys they would see yeah. and the celebrities and this and that. And so I was like, I have to get on this app. So I applied and I didn't hear back for months and I was getting so jealous at that point. And I was like, okay, everyone keeps talking about it. It's so embarrassing. Like, I feel like it, it's just like a rite of passage in LA to be on Raya. Yeah. So I decided that I was going to email them and I literally pitched myself to Raya to get on the app. I'm like, hi, my name's Lex Oakley. I'm a celebrity makeup artist. Here's the reasons why you think that, here's the reasons why I think I would be really great fit for your app and like full on pitched myself to Raya got accepted the next day. <laughs> that is resilience there. <laughs> I mean, that it literally like a business pitch. Yeah. Like, this is why you need me on your app <laughs> for a dating app. I mean, also that, that really explains you perfectly. 
It's true. It's so impressive. Also, aren't we like, now that I'm thinking about it, not supposed to be talking about Raya publicly? Like, aren't you supposed to not? Oh, really? I don't know if it's Raya or it's something else. I mean, whatever, too late. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Whatever. I feel like Raya really had a moment too. Like 2016, yeah. 2017 is when it was like the hottest thing ever. All of right. my friends were matching with like the craziest people. people. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's not the same anymore. Like people yeah. kind of use it as more of a networking app and just honestly entertainment. When I'm bored, I'll just see who's on the app. But I never match with anyone. I never talk to anyone. I only know one person that's even been on a date through Raya. Yeah. I know a few, but it was earlier. Yeah. It wasn't any... Re- right? I don't think anyone even uses that as a dating app at this point. No. I know. No. Really it's at all. literally just entertainment and boredom at this point. Are you on other apps? Yeah, but it's like I go through phases. Okay. I never really go on dates with anyone from dating apps, but it's more so just like a boredom thing for me. Mm-hmm. It's like a Sunday, 7 p.m. scroll. Literally. Yeah. I'm like, let's see. Yeah. Do you ever <laughs> see people you know? Because that's a part that makes me want to die. Not in LA, really, because also I feel like I don't know a lot of straight guys in LA. I feel like that's everyone I work with point. is yes, gay if same. it's a guy, you know? Yeah, I run now in Dallas, I'll see people that yeah. I know and I'm like, oh my God, I want to literally <laughs> die. Like, I don't know what it is. Something about someone seeing you on a dating app is right? so vulnerable. Like, I should never see <laughs> you like that. so true. No. <laughs> and it's so funny because it's like, we're all on the apps, but we're all so embarrassed to be on the yes. apps also. I don't get it. Yes, and I will say like, LA and New York, I'm so like, I mean, I don't even date, but like, yeah, I'm very same. pro dating apps. Great thing, totally. love that. I think they're awesome. I have so many friends who have met their partners through it. I think it's a great thing. But for whatever reason, it is so embarrassing if someone that you know sees you on a dating app. And it shouldn't be in Dallas because Dallas is obviously smaller. It's a way friendlier city, way more social. Like LA is more spread out. It's just a totally different vibe. Yeah. Dating apps are not as big of a thing. I mean, they... People are on yeah. them, but most people meet just out. Totally. Bars. People actually meet at bars there. Yeah, that's how it is back home for me, too. Yeah. It's, like, so much easier to date. I feel like L.A. is one of the hardest cities to date. I couldn't even think of a city that would be harder to date in. Right? It is the worst place to date. Oh, it's so hard because it's also, like, dating in L.A. becomes such a thing because it's, like, you have to Uber yes. and then you have to meet in the middle and it's, like, everything's so far. So it's not like it's just oh, let's grab a quick drink. Yeah, the process of it yeah. adds like four hours <laughs> onto what a like hour long date could have been. Oh, it's like planning an entire event. Yes, it's really too much. And then you're already exhausted and like, mm. are you an introvert or an extrovert? Honestly, before COVID, I would say I was such an extrovert and mm-hmm. I feel like since COVID, I've become more introverted, but it's like I'm extroverted with my friend group. Yes. But not with other people, if that makes sense. Yes. I have been having this conversation with people all the time. Because I've realized I am actually an introvert. Really? I am one of the most outgoing people you'll ever meet. Totally. But I am definitely introverted. And I don't know why you see that because I need to be home to recharge and read my books and like be by myself. So I don't know why that wasn't more apparent to me. And I've had this like recent realization over the years. But like, I will agree people who are really close to me that I don't have to like talk to or try around or whatever. They that's different. Yeah. But ultimately, I I recharge as an introvert. I feel like I'm the same way. I feel like for the longest time, I thought that I was such an extrovert, though, because I do love going out and being around people. But I think at the end of the day, I'm like the most extroverted introvert. I always say yes. Yes. (laughs) I completely agree with that. When you get home from like a day of clients, are you drained or are you like Like, how do you normally feel? It honestly depends on the day because it depends on the energy of like the people around Mm -hmm. me and how the day went. If it was like a really amazing day and everything was super easy and not stressful, then I'm like ready to go, ready to go meet up with my friends at the bars, whatever. But if it was a really long, exhausting day or honestly just sitting on set all day, 
even though those aren't necessarily hard days, it's just boring and long. All I want to do is like get home and go to bed. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, yeah. if you guys are watching on video, my eyes are watering. It looks like I'm high. I'm not. It's been happening all day, and I just really had to push past it. I feel that. It's so hard. Once it starts watering, yes. too, it's like game over. It does it, not stop. And it happens to me all the time, and it's me so too. embarrassing. And I'm, it looks like I'm crying yeah. all the time, and I'm like, I'm not crying. It's I have really one eye, and it's yes. every time I do my makeup and want to look cute, that's the day it waters. Yeah, of course. Literally, like, cool. of course. <laughs> okay, take us back to young Alexis. Like, OG, when did you start doing makeup? And at what point were you like, I want this to be my career? Honestly, I've always loved makeup, beauty, fashion, everything since I was like a little girl. I was always playing dress up and doing my mom's makeup and like stealing her makeup and stuff like that. And then whenever I got in like middle school, that's kind of when YouTube like makeup tutorials started popping off. So it was kind of like the beauty guru days where it was like Bethany Moda, Blair Fowler, like those types of girls. Mm -hmm. And I was just obsessed and would just recreate their looks at home and like just play with makeup constantly. But it wasn't until I was a senior in high school where I realized you could make a full blown career out of it. Cause like I grew up in Missouri. So it's like the only time you get your makeup done is if you're going to prom or a wedding. It's not like a daily thing, obviously. Mm. And then whenever I was in high school, my mom actually brought it up because it was kind of at the end of my senior year. So it's like, okay, like what am I going to do? And I didn't really know what I wanted for my life. I knew I hated school, didn't want to go to college. The only reason why I wanted to go to college was sorority and going to football games. Yeah. And so that's a waste of money, waste of time. I knew that wasn't the route. And then she was like, well, you know, celebrities get their makeup done every single day. Like, why don't you just try and be a celebrity makeup artist and live in LA? And so she's kind of the one that put the idea in my head. And as soon as she said it, it was like, boom, like, that's what I'm going to do. That's actually so cool because... I feel like kids have to explain to their parents what they yeah. want to do so often. And for her to have like put that in your mind is cool. Right? I know. And it was like, as soon as she said it, I was like, yeah, you're right. And just like knew that's what I was going to do. And the rest of my high school, I just kind of spent like trying to build my book and practicing on anyone who would let me and just like fully getting ready. So then at what point do you move to LA? I moved to LA right after high school. I was 18. Me too. It was like, a month and a half or two months after I graduated and just came out here and went to a makeup school. It was like a five month program. And so me and my parents kind of decided, you know, we'll try it for five months. If I hate it, I'll move back home. If I love it, I'll try and stay. And obviously I ended up loving it. And it worked out. Yeah. Out of college, as you graduate that program, did you go and work for someone else? Like what was your next step after that? And also at what point, cause you really have, I don't want to say like monopolize, I don't mean like a negative way, totally. but you kind of created, honestly, in the way that I look at, like, you know, Robin Girlboss Town, a yeah. different kind of influencer. Right. Because there's also, you know, other makeup artists that have, you know, followings online. But totally. I feel like you're also your own personality. Yeah. Which has been cool to see. So I'm asking 15 questions at you're once. Fine. I'm getting we'll ahead start of myself. At the beginning. <laughs> uh, starting at the beginning. Yes. What did you do after college? Or so after the makeup school, I knew the entire time I was in the school that if I wanted to stay, I needed to find a job. So I was working really, really hard the entire time, like honestly just networking and using social media. I feel like that's one of the things that Gen Z is really like good about. And honestly, we just have the privilege to use because I feel like back in the day, like you had to go through a PR agency or email someone or get to kind of like the top of the chain. Yeah. Whereas now you can you DM Beyonce. Yeah, you yeah. Access. Like you just never know who's going to see. And so I just started DMing every single makeup artist I could find, offering to assist them, offering to work for free and just like really trying to find ways to get extra knowledge because I knew that makeup school obviously was great, but I wanted to take my education another step and learn everything and like every part of the business. 
So I ended up getting really lucky. And like two days after I graduated, I got a job assisting a celebrity makeup artist. And then it was like, I worked with her for a really long time. And then once you're kind of in with one celebrity makeup artist, it's easy to get your foot in the door with others. So it was like, I started assisting one, had her on my resume and then assisted so many other celebrity makeup artists as well, just so that I feel like in the makeup world, there's two different sides of it. And so there's the makeup artists that do like the prestigious, like the actresses, like Jennifer Lawrence, Emma Stone, people like that. And then there's the makeup artists who do like the Kardashians and singers and more like pop culture people. Mm -hmm. And so typically you would pick or choose one, but I didn't want to just pick or choose one. I wanted to learn all different types of makeup and do everyone in the industry. So I really started working around that way and just learning as much as I could. And then kind of just started doing my own clients at a certain point, but I assisted for like three and a half years. So it took me a really long time to kind of start getting my own people. You said you worked for free. Yeah. Which is something I want to talk about because it's now like a more touchy subject and a lot of people just don't want to. Totally. What is your take on it? Was it worth it to you? I think that that's definitely one thing that's gotten me so far in this industry. You really have to humble yourself and just say yes to everything because that's the only way you're going to learn. And honestly, most of my celebrities, even today, I'll DM them be like, hey girl, like first glam on me if you want to mess around with makeup one day. And that's how you get your foot in the door. And then once you do it once for free, obviously I don't suggest working for free your entire life, but that's kind of your way of pitching yourself to them and getting your foot in the door. I think the first glam for free thing yeah. is really smart because you're setting boundaries up front. Totally. Was it really uncomfortable when you would start doing people in like an exchange for post almost? And yeah. then like, obviously you need to charge. Totally. How did you navigate the, like those conversations? Because that can be a little mm-hmm. bit awkward. Yeah, it's hard. And that's why I feel like in the DMs now I'm very upfront. Like first glam's on me and then we'll discuss rates after. See if you like it, do it as a trial type of thing. But I feel like in the beginning, I didn't understand that you had to set those boundaries. And so I would just do everyone for free again and again and again and again. And it definitely helped. But at a certain point, you're only gaining so much from it. And like sometimes you'll gain a lot of followers working with someone for the first time. And then that's it. It's like whoever wanted to follow you follows you. And like you'll keep working with them and not really gain anything or but other people, it's like I would keep gaining from. So I kind of do it as a trial and error situation too in the beginning. And some people I would just do once, some people I would continue to work with, and some people I still do for free because it's benefiting me in some way. Mm-hmm. Who was the first influencer you did makeup on? The first influencer, I mean, first celebrity was Jessica Alba. How did that happen? That happened through, there was an app called the Glam app at the time. Yep. It's not a thing anymore, but it was so genius. And that's how I got a lot of celebrities in the beginning. I started doing... Jessica Alba, Paris Hilton, Lisa Rinna, a lot of people through that app. And it was kind of like a management almost. And so it's like you would just book through the app and it was almost like Postmates for makeup and hair. I always describe it as for people who don't know. It's like you would book, you want hair, makeup, nails, whatever it is. And you just show up, get your makeup done. And I never knew who I was showing up to at the time. You would just know a first name. Oh, and so it's like I would get there and then be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, girl, like, what's up? But that was a really great way in the beginning for me just to get anyone. I traveled this past week. I was on planes. I was sitting there. I was getting bored. All right. And let me tell you what I was doing. This is how I was spending my time. I was playing Switchcraft. Switchcraft is a free to download match three or really storytelling adventure game. I like to call it. I could not put it down. I was obsessed I was playing it at my gate at the airport when I was just really trying to pass the time. And like, let me tell you, it was so much fun. 
match their games can be a lot of fun, but it seems like a lot of them just are really the same thing, you know? The themes and the characters change, but overall, it can be the same boring format. That is until now. Switchcraft is a brand new take on match three games. As you play, you unlock pieces of a beautiful, magical, and gripping graphic novel. Switchcraft is a mobile game with a unique blend of TV-worthy writing, choose-your-own-adventure-style narrative, and thousands of magical match three levels. Personally, I love how diverse the characters in Switchcraft are. The story features over 85 characters from a variety of cultural backgrounds, as well as disabled and LGBTQ plus characters. There are literally thousands of levels to play, so you can never get bored. The storyline is very compelling. I love this because I grew up like reading Nancy Drew. You guys know I love a good like mystery novel. Like I love that stuff feeling like I'm really in the book. And that's kind of how I feel when I play this game. It all starts with the disappearance of your best friend. And now it is up to you to unravel the mystery of her disappearance using your magical match three skills. Along the way, you'll find unique characters, a gripping story, and even a little romance. The best part is that your choices in the game determine the outcome of the story, so you are in the driver's seat. Download Switchcraft for free and unlock the magical mystery. I'm Anisha Ramakrishna, and I'm an Indian entrepreneur and TV personality with big dick energy. You may know me from Bravo TV's Family Karma and, of course, social media. I grew up in a very conservative Indian family, but I have always forged my own path and live life on my own terms. I recently left my successful career in New York City and my long-term relationship to pursue my own fashion business. I'm single in my mid-30s, and I live with my parents. I'm currently cringing, and I know you are too. Join me as I spill the chai on my own cringeworthy personal life experiences every Thursday, anywhere you listen to podcasts. What were some mistakes you feel you made when you were working underneath another artist? I feel like I, at a certain point, was trying to balance still assisting and trying to do my own job. And you know, obviously at a certain point you have to let go of things and move on to the next step. And I feel like for a long time I was trying to balance both because I wasn't ready to stop assisting, but I also wasn't making enough money on my own to not assist either. And so I feel like trying to prioritize the people that I was working for and make their lives easier and also trying to help my own career was really hard for me. And it's almost like once you get to that point, you have to pick or choose. You can't teeter totter and waste someone else's time and like run yourself dry also. So if someone is in between and let's say they want to make like their side hustle, their main thing, so it doesn't have to be makeup, it can be anything. Totally. They're maybe not making enough, but if they gave up the first thing, they would have more time. What would your advice to them be? I think for me at the time, looking back, I wish I would have assisted longer, probably. Obviously, certain opportunities come that you just can't say no to for yourself. But I feel like at the end of the day, the people that I assisted for saw how much I was putting into them and really prioritize them. And now they're the ones helping me out and referring me to the clients that they can't take anymore, don't have time for if they're double booked, things like that. With building clientele, has has it been like Instagram is like the number one thing for you? Instagram and word of mouth. But I feel like social media by far has been like the biggest helpful thing for me. So let's say you are reaching out to someone. You DM them and you say, hey, first glam on me. Yeah. Okay. And then... As far as uh, like taking photos and stuff, 
let's say they're having a bad day. Like, totally. how do you... Re- okay, here's the thing about reading the room. Yeah. I feel like you either have that or you just don't. Definitely. So I don't know if that's teachable, but if you have any ways that is any practical tips to give to someone for some sort of social awareness, because yeah. if you're in rooms with celebrities or honestly just rooms in general, totally. I think that is one of the most important skills to I have. I agree fully. Um, so if you have any practical tips yeah. for that, what would it be? I mean, I think one of the biggest things is like feeling out someone's energy. You know, if someone's sitting on their phone and not wanting to talk to me the entire glam, I'm obviously not going to ask for a photo. But if we're like hanging out the whole time and gossiping and talking about boys and whatever, and they're opening up to me, I know that's the perfect moment to like at the end be like, oh my God, hey, like, do you care if we grab a quick pick? And so it's just about reading the room. And also if they're in a rush and their manager's yelling at them like, okay, we got to go, we got to go. Like, that's the last thing they're going to want to do. And the manager's going to be upset, you know? So it's kind of like you just have to figure out. And that's something that comes with time, I think, too. I think in the beginning, I definitely made mistakes when it came to that and was trying to get my photo or get my video or whatever. And now I've learned I'm there to do a job at the end of the day. And it's not about me. It's not about getting a clip with them in my vlog. It's not about any of that. If that comes with the job and that's a perk, that's great. But I'm just there to make their life easier and make them look their best. And so you kind of just have to learn over time, I think. I just think that is the most important skill. I agree. you have. I know. And it definitely is one of those things you either have or you don't. Yes. It's, it's tough sometimes. Yeah. I was talking to someone about that this week and we were just talking about like, just kind of like things that people naturally have. Right. And what are some of the most like valuable skills that end up being like the most like monetarily valuable skills and I really think it's being able I think it's totally reading a room I think it's working a room and then also like a trust like level of like trustworthiness 100% have you had any issues with clients like I was also having another conversation recently where I think sometimes when people want to go separate ways they're maybe afraid of like if you let's say you don't want to take a client totally and they're afraid of like talking poorly and things like just like the cattiness and the gossip that Mm -hmm. can happen especially when you know makeup is such a word of mouth right kind of job especially in this city how um have you been able to just kind of stand your ground and not focus on like what people have to say as much I feel like that just kind of comes with time too, honestly. I feel like in the beginning, I was really scared of upsetting people and saying no to jobs because I thought they would find another makeup artist or this and that. And now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, you know what, the people who want to work with me are going to continue to work with me. And the people who don't are going to work with me or I'm going to have to learn to put my foot down, which honestly, I've been really lucky in the sense that all of my clients are really amazing. And I've never really had any nightmare stories like I feel like some people Mm -hmm. have in Hollywood, which I'm really grateful for. But I feel like there just comes a point in career and honestly confidence where you're like, okay, like whether it's rates or time or whatever it is, you just have to really stand your ground in the beginning, I think first, because however you go into that job is how they're going to continue to work with you for the rest of the time. Whatever rates you set in the beginning or whatever time management you set in the beginning, that's what they're going to work off of and just expect it to be like that from then on. Do you have negotiating skills for if you give a rate and then someone comes back? I mean, not like tips for it. Because I think it's hard, especially, you know, early on when you're doing it yourself, it can be really awkward. Even in social media before like management, like earlier days too, when you're doing it yourself. How did you navigate those conversations? Honestly, that's one of the hardest things and I'm still learning a little bit, but I feel like I always go into things now whenever people ask me my rate, I just say, I don't say, this is my rate. Does this work for you? Because I feel like that 
opens the door for them to be like, actually, no, will you do it for lower? So I feel like you just have to go in it very confidently, be like, okay, yes, this is my rate. And if they come back and they're like, oh, that's over our budget, would you do it for this? And it's like half the price, you have to say no, because that's just going to ruin your rates for the rest of Mm -hmm. that period, I think. And I feel like one thing that's tricky too, is you have to look at the people around you at your level and what they're charging. Because I feel like you kind of have to base it off of that. You know, obviously I would never charge the same as Ash K Home because she's like at the top of the scale, but I wouldn't charge the same as someone who's doing, you know, bridal and just starting out. So it's like, you kind of just have to look at the people around you and stand your ground whenever it comes to that, because people know what it's worth. Yes. And another thing with lowering your rates for someone, people talk. Mm -hmm. So in you know like advertising with social media a lot of that a lot of companies are owned by the same like four companies right Right. so if you lower it for one brand those are the same people and that's similar with makeup it's like oh well people talk and then they find out you're charging less and then that kind of almost like devalues your brand totally when it shouldn't have been that way in the first place and you're just in an awkward position yeah rates is so hard though Mm -hmm. it's one of those things I feel like that's probably one of the hardest things in the industry is just the negotiation part and management and all of the behind the scenes stuff that's not fun that's the hardest that is tough and I think too unfortunately it's harder as girls to do that yeah because guys will just say it and they'll stick with it and it's fine but when a girl does that they're like oh my god she's so full of herself and that in itself is so annoying right and that's another reason we should like stick I know more. I know exactly I feel like a lot of my friends and I help each other out when it comes to that too and it's not even out of cattiness or anything but we'll be like hey like what are you charging for do and go these days or a full day and things like that and so it's like we all talk and help each other out which I think is really great like find people in your industry whatever it is and figure out what they're charging and base yours off of that too we did that too earlier and yeah like just brand deals we would all talk totally and that was really helpful because chances are you're probably like undercharging yeah you don't realize what something is worth right and also I mean I just think it's really important to have like a team of people in your industry anyways yeah. that kind of have your back one I mean just like emotionally but also right. for like practical things like yeah 100 percent If you guys are not aware, March is Women's History Month. Even my spin class this morning was like bad boss, female power, something like that themed. And it was incredible, okay? I love supporting women and I also love supporting companies that support women. Since 2020, Macy's has raised over $2.8 million in support of Girls Inc., which has funded opportunities for over 50,000 girls. Macy's has remained committed to supporting the next generation of leaders by empowering women today. Join in celebrating Women's History Month by shopping brands owned and founded by women, and you can help fund mentorships in college and career readiness programming by donating online and rounding up in store for Girls, Inc. You can learn more at macy's.com honors. Something very near and dear to my heart is supporting women. And I think one of the best ways to show up and show out for your girls is shopping brands that are owned and founded by women. This is such a cool way to show up and just empower women today. So you guys can learn more at macy's.com slash honors. I want to talk to you about how you define success because I feel like it's different for everyone. Yeah. And I know that's a very loaded question, but what's the first thing that comes to mind? I feel like for me, success is doing something that you love every single day. And it's not necessarily 
work for you. Like for me, makeup is my passion at the end of the day and it never feels like work for me. It's something that I get to wake up and do. And honestly, no matter what I was getting paid, if I was struggling with my bills, I would still want to do makeup. And I feel like that's when you've hit success. It's not a certain number or a certain job that you're checking off the bucket list. It's just doing something that you love every single day, I feel like. And then I think there's like resilience in that because, you know, almost not making rent or struggling financially, but just believing in yourself. Totally. At that point when it was obviously you've had, I feel like in the past, even just year alone have grown so much and you've been doing well for a long time. But like, I feel like this past year was like your year. Before that, like, how did you just commit to it and stay? And also like, how did you continue to love it? Because I feel like sometimes when people make it a Mm -hmm. career it can kind of take their love away from it like how did you keep that at the forefront I feel like for me it's just I don't know like I feel like I've never had to almost convince myself to love it it's just Mm -hmm. a natural thing and I hear of other people in the industry struggling sometimes and you know getting over it at a certain point and I feel like for me ever since I was little I've been obsessed with Hollywood and pop culture and celebrities and so to me it's just like I'm still living in a dream and I still get excited about the stuff. And I I don't see that leaving at all. And I hope it never does. But I feel like also I try and change things up. You know, I try and do the social media route as well and YouTube and things like that. So that that way I'm like dipping my toes into everything. And I'm not just doing one thing every single day and burning myself out on that one thing. What do you think about the social media world? Oh, I love it. I have so much fun with it. I know that's like a very tricky thing. Also, some people either love it or hate it, but I love it so much. And I feel like it's cool for me because at least right now, I don't think there's any other celebrity makeup artist doing what I'm doing necessarily. So I feel like I'm kind of kind of pioneering that in a way right now. And I think it's really cool and exciting. And I feel like, I don't know, it's just a cool extra aspect of my job. What is your favorite platform? I feel like right now it's YouTube, honestly, because that's something that I'm just starting to get into and starting to like take off a little bit. I did a video with Tana recently, and that's what really helped my channel to grow. But I feel like I can show so much more behind the scenes on there and vlog with clients and show what a real workday looks like and my relationships with my clients and share advice. Because I feel like in this industry in particular, at least when I was starting out, it might be a little different now but there was no information out there on how to be a celebrity makeup artist. I was trying to do research and it was one of those very, very hidden things. Like no one wanted to share their journey or tips or anything like that. And so I really want to change the stigma with that. And I feel like the Kardashians help with that as well a lot because up until 2016, no celebrity shared who was doing their glam or anything like that. It was Mm -hmm. such a secretive thing. And it was almost like this Hollywood box where it's just like you popped out and you're like, perfect hair, makeup, everything's done. And it was like such a secret. Whereas now we're kind of like breaking down that fourth wall. And I think that that's something I'm trying to do on YouTube as well. I love that. I, I'm going to butcher the cliche because I, <laughs> I do this all the time. I'm like, I remember this quote, but I think the people who share more and are not, I mean, gatekeeping yeah. in you know, <laughs> right. modern day terms, I think that that is one, the best quality in a person And it's also like, there's enough success to go around. Right. But the more you share, I truly believe that that benefits not just those people, but everyone like you, yourself included. I think that is such an important thing to do. Yeah. Especially because like you said, up until before that, I don't even think growing up, I realized that people were getting their makeup done Exactly. And even when I was in high school and looking for jobs, I had no clue celebrities even got their makeup done until my mom Mm -hmm. told me in high school. 
And I feel like now that's definitely different. I think with TikTok and stuff, the curtain's kind of been pulled back already. But I still feel like there's so much that is unseen that I kind of want to. Yes. I think it even helps with like beauty standards. Yeah. Because like, I'm not going to look like I have an Alexis Oakley beat every single day or like even just the next person, like a celebrity that people are looking up to online. And now that people know it's like, oh, those are people who are literally professional makeup artists. Yeah. That I think is cool. Yeah. I just like the whole, I think the Kardashians have, I mean, they've changed culture completely. Literally. But that has been a huge thing. They've really removed almost like, no, I don't want to say barriers, but like removed the curtain behind the scenes of things. It's, they've made it cool to credit their glam. Yeah. Like it wasn't cool before. And now it's almost it's just etiquette to credit it's your weird glam. It's you weird. Don't. Yeah, it's weird if you don't. It's like gatekeeping. Literally, know? we don't like that. It is. We don't like that. <laughs> Speaking of the Kardashian family, you recently did Kris Jenner. Yes. Uh, icon. How did that happen? Like, that is absolutely iconic. That actually happened through word of mouth. One of my friends heard through someone that she needed a makeup artist, and it was like a very instant thing. And she was like, oh, my God, use my friend. And they were just like, okay, send it to Chris, And instantly Chris was like, okay, book her. And then it was like within 20 minutes, they had me on the books for like three days later. Wow. It was the craziest thing. But that just goes to show too, like I said on TK's podcast, and this isn't a quote from me, but it's like, it's not about who you know, it's about who's going to mention your name in a room full of opportunities and just helping others. And I think that that's something that needs to be more mainstream also, because it's like that person could have heard that Chris was looking for a makeup artist and just been like, oh, like waited for someone else to speak up. That quote is actually exactly what I thought of when you said that. Yeah. And I just think that, I mean, that is so cool, obviously. I mean, so she crazy. has, talk about someone who's actually completely changed culture and right. is a business like genius. Yeah. But I think that's so important. Like I really want to be someone who, well, I love connecting people totally in general. Like even if it's in every way, like career wise, yeah. I love that oh, you would like this person. You know, I've set some people up. Right. Some of them are in therapy, but one, <laughs> of, them okay. got, one of them got married. There's. Yeah, so that's what I had to think about. One for one. Yeah. But I do <laughs> think that that is something that I, even this year, like really want to be better about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You should help your friends, you know? Yes. I think in every way. And I feel like that's something cool with social media too, because it's like you and I, we can share so much information about this industry that no one else has. I always want to be the person, like the first person people think to call. Yeah. Totally. Not necessarily advice in the way that like they think I have the answers, but maybe like help, like a connection or something because they know I will like share everything. I love connecting people. Yeah, it's actually really fun. (laughs) Like there's something about it. I don't know. Right? You also recently posted that you took your first New Year's Eve off in what, four years? Since high school. Okay, so six years. Yeah. That is crazy. I know. And I think I was listening to your episode with TK and I loved what you said because I, TK and I were talking about this and really agree with it. Like, there is a time where you just put your head down and that you cancel everything and that is what you're doing and that is your focus. And then I do think as you get older, you have a little bit more of like the luxury and not even older. Like I think, you know, there's different times or like seasons of your life that you can, you know, your priorities change. But now that you are, you know, took your first New Year's Eve (laughs) off, which is a very big holiday. Yes. How are you feeling? And are you trying to kind of implement more like boundaries? Like what have you learned through your time of literally working 24 seven to now? This year, I really want to make it a focus to kind of have more of a balance when it comes to work and personal life. I feel like for the last six years, I've been working so hard and saying yes to absolutely everything and 
you know, the last four months I've had two days off that haven't been holidays. And I feel like it's just getting to a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm still in my 20s. I still want to have fun. I don't have to say yes to everything. My clients are still going to call me if I'm not available for that one thing that they need me for. And this year, I really want to make it a priority to work on my personal life. I was looking at my journals, even from the last six years, like my New Year's resolutions and stuff. Every single year, all of them have been career focused. And this year is the first year I even made personal goals. And it's like, really? Well, it was last year, but I had that realization. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I want to go on girls trips this year. I want to make more time for my friends and family and I really want to make that a priority this year. And obviously I would have never gotten to where I am today if I hadn't worked so hard for all those years, but I want to get to a point now where I can have a little fun too. And I think there's a time to do that. And there will be other times to do that, obviously, but it also is important to note that it isn't, it isn't really a sustainable thing Mm -hmm. for 45 years. Yeah. I don't know however long we work, but it's not necessarily a completely sustainable thing. And for me, I was like, okay, I actually, I built like the foundation of my dream career, but I literally haven't built a life. Like totally I moved and I was like, what am I doing? I have, first off, I was like, I have so many friends in the city that I don't see that I'm not trying to see any time that I'm not working. I'm reading or like working I'm not literally investing in myself I literally made a social vision board this year and I'm like guys we're going on girls trips we're having dinner parties like I have all this stuff but to me like one thing I've learned is I love my career and and I'm incredibly like naturally driven totally I would work 24 7 if I if no one stopped me yeah and that ended up obviously it has its pros but it ended up having some cons for me and it was a little bit unhealthy and so kind of reeling back when it's so scary, especially when you're more of like an entrepreneur. It's like you're, you know, making your own lane. Like you're technically your own boss. Right. It feels like, oh my God, well, if I'm not working, then it's not going to work out. And you catastrophize in thinking, or at least I did. Yeah. And I've noticed that, you know, again, I do think those times were really necessary and I'm sure there will be, I'm starting a brand. Like there will be things like that. Totally. But I have noticed that my work has even gotten better as I've invested yeah. outside of my job because I am just a happier, more whole human being. Right. And I think that's something you learn with age too. And you just get to a point in your career where it's like you're financially stable enough to say no to certain things and take little breaks where I feel like I definitely couldn't do that a few years ago. So I think it's just one of those things that comes with time too. Because I think in the beginning, you work hard, you stick your head down like, you say no to the dinners sometimes and you focus on your career, but then at a certain point, you reel it back a little bit. Yeah, like you don't want to be at the top and have absolutely no one next to yeah. you. That I think about all the time. And it's just, I don't know. I think there's, again, there's a time and a place for everything. 100%. But I do think it's important to also know what time you're in. Like last year, I was w- more social than I had been in the past five years probably combined and that was what I needed and that was good for me but I recognized that at the time right you know I think it's such an LA thing too to work so hard not make time for anyone it's almost cool to Mm -hmm. be so busy that you don't have time for bragging rights which is actually not it's not that cool like you're the one that's gonna get burnt out over time and that's how I felt too like last year around like May I think I hit a point where I just hit a breaking point and literally was just so depressed had to go home for like two weeks and just like get myself straight and I don't want to hit that again Mm -hmm. and I think that when you push yourself so hard you get to a point sometimes where your body your mind like physically you just can't handle it anymore Thursdays personally are my favorite day of the week not just because we have a new podcast episode but also because I go to therapy on Thursdays 
I don't know how many times I have started a sentence off with my therapist said or my therapist told me, but I was actually one of those kids that in the fifth grade, it was like a court mandated thing for us to go to therapy. And I am unbelievably grateful for that because over time, therapy has just made the biggest difference in my life. I talk about this all the time. So I'm just really grateful because this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. I love BetterHelp because one, it is more cost-effective than a lot of other therapies, but also it makes therapy more accessible to different kinds of people. For example, let's say you're living in a state that doesn't specialize or have a lot of therapists that specialize in maybe like LGBTQ plus matters, BetterHelp Online Therapy with using them, you can use therapists from like all over, right? So you're not confined to the people that are like right in your neighborhood. Relationships take work, especially the most important one that you have in your life, your relationship with yourself. A lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We will go out of our way to treat other people well, but how often do we give ourselves that same treatment? BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It is much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and I love you so much with Kinsey Elizabeth. Listeners, get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Kinsey. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Kenzie. All right, let's get back to the episode. What did you do when you were home for two weeks to kind of recharge? My parents live in the middle of nowhere, so it was almost so relaxing just to go sit outside, look at the lake, the mountains, and just like not have to think, not have to answer my phone, post on social media, anything. And I think... I've learned through that to take mini breaks throughout my career and once a month take, you know, a weekend off or whatever it is so that you're almost preparing yourself mentally so that you are being proactive and not having to hit that true breaking point. You're just getting ahead of the problem. Yeah. That's something I I started doing as well. Just a, it's hard too when you work right. for yourself or... I mean, you can just literally book clients. And even if you're not yeah. booking clients, which I mean, you have clients 24-7, you could be making a TikTok. You could be exactly. filming for... So when you don't have someone to kind of tell you when you're clocking in and clocking out, yeah. it can get a little bit dangerous. For me, I found too, even more than my like trips and like right. having this time off or I'm gonna... Like I will look at my calendar too when I have everything color-coded. Yeah. And I know when it's a really love heavy a travel. Calendar. Oh my God, I live for, <laughs> live it. for it. How did you color coordinate? Yes, oh my God, live for it. I have found though that I will see like the weeks that are gonna be really crazy and yeah. I plan around that to where I'm not burning out. Whereas before I would have just ignored myself. Right. And just like pushed through. Totally. And over time, I'm like, I can't, I can't get to that place again. So yeah. I think that's a really important thing. And that I love that you talk about that because especially in this city, it's praised to, right. that's all you do. And also in LA more than any other city, way, even way more than New York, yeah. like New York is not really like this. You are really defined by what you do right. in your job. And it's really easy to kind of mix the two. Yeah. And then again, I found you don't like create a life outside of it. My friend Peyton just moved to Dallas. Yes, I, mean, yeah. I love her. And we were talking about that. And she's like, that's the thing about Dallas that I was saying for me. And yeah. she's only been there for a week, but she's like, I just feel like that's going to be a really healthy thing. Totally. For me, it's like having that divide. But again, it's like, there is 
you know, there's a time and a place. Yeah, there's a season for everything. And I feel like I'll totally get to that point in my career, too, where I want to live in Dallas or Austin mm-hmm. or Nashville, somewhere like that. Because, you know, eventually I do want a family and I'm from Missouri. So it's like I love that family mindset and just like living in the middle of nowhere and going to Sonic and things oh like that. Oh, my God. I love, <laughs> I love Sonic. Sonic. <laughs> Literally. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I feel like for now, it's like I know that a husband, things like that will come later. Like work mm-hmm. is my main focus right now. Work and myself. Yeah, I love Dating that. myself. Yes, I love that. I want to talk to you about not only just like manifesting your mm-hmm. dream career, but also your dream life. And you really are like pioneering a new way to be a makeup artist in general. Yeah. Like I said, you know, personality, you're using socials in a different way. And yes, other makeup artists, obviously they use socials. Right. But you do it in a different way. Totally. And I think that that is just a really cool lesson. Another TK is has created a new yeah. job that didn't exist. Exactly. And I always say like social media and just the digital age, everything changes so often. Right. We're in the best time. If you want to create and invent a job that doesn't exist, like now is the yeah. time. So what are your kind of, you know, goal setting and like almost manifesting tips that you have found to be the most helpful for you? I think just speaking things into existence has been the biggest thing that's been helpful to me because the more you talk about something, the more people hear it and the more, you know, like I said, with Chris, for example, someone knew I wanted to work with her and set it up. Like people can mention your name to people who are looking for a makeup artist or whatever it is. So I think speaking things into existence has power. And I also think that just journaling and writing things down and taking the time to actually think about what you want for yourself. Because I remember in the beginning of my career, people would be like, oh, you know, what do you want to do this year? What are like your goals? And I wouldn't really have specific goals. I would just be like, oh, I want to do celebrities. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like being really specific with it and thinking about it and, you know, doing research helps so much. When you say speaking things into existence, How do you do that? Do you mean like literally telling people like, are you talking to yourself in the mirror? Are you writing that down? Like what exactly are you doing? I feel like I'm just talking to people about it. I feel like one of my favorite things to do is just like have deep talks with my friends late at night, like playing, we're not really strangers, things like that. And so I feel like that's a perfect way of just like talking about your goals, what you want for yourself and being really transparent with people. And honestly, in LA, everyone can help someone in some way. Everyone knows someone. It's like, you're always one person away from that person who can connect you to someone So you just never know the more you talk about, like right now, I really want to work with Dua Lipa and Halsey. So I'm constantly talking about it and putting it on my dream board and posting it on my story because I know one day someone's going to know Dua or whoever and they're going to be like, oh my God, this makeup artist actually really wants to work with you. You guys should link up. Yeah, that's genius. I also loved what you said about like you have to really actually give yourself time to think about things. Yeah. And Michael and Lauren Bostick talk about that all the time, how you have to have time to think. Right. And... I really don't think I actually sat down and had a moment of like clarity thinking for myself. I was on such auto drive for probably like two years. Right. And then really it was during the pandemic when I was like, okay, I'm actually going to change everything about my life because now that I've slowed down and had time to think and be with myself, I don't actually like where I'm heading and I changed a lot of things. So I think that having that time is incredibly important because you don't realize sometimes what you're doing with your life and if you even enjoy it I feel like until you really take that time when it's uncomfortable at times to sit with yourself in silence and just journal and try and like process stuff but I feel like that's one of the most beneficial things in work and personal life no I agree and also it's kind of it is scary to be by yourself and thinking and I think 
I was also avoiding that totally. for two years. <laughs> it ended up being a good thing. So if you're in that position, yeah. sit down and do it. But for me, even I am like goal setting, vision yes. board. Like I love Same. that stuff. But I'm I'm very like practical with it. That's why I'm asking totally. like, exactly what are you doing? I just think it's like incredibly valuable. And also you yeah. need to have some sort of vision for your life because then you don't right. know where you're going. I know. And I feel like a lot of people don't take the time to do that. And so they don't know where they're going. I feel like when I talk to a lot of my friends, especially people that don't live in LA necessarily, no one really has something specific that they're working towards. They're just trying to Agreed. have a living. And so it's like, you really have to think now what do I actually enjoy? What are my passions? What do I like doing? Because that's what's going to make you enjoy your job over time and actually want to work and do something that you love every single day and not just do something to make money. Every morning I get ready and my outfits, they seem to be a little bit boring sometimes when I'm not really trying or going that extra mile. You know what I mean? Like I like a simple look, right? But I want it to feel very me and that is why I love accessories. I love just having cute personalized jewelry. I have been wearing, I've talked about this before, but I have been wearing my gold locket with a K on it from Golden. I am obsessed. It's just the cutest thing. It's very dainty, but it really adds so much to every look while also being personalized and making me almost feel like I really have my life together. Like people who have personalized jewelry have their lives together. All right. I don't feel like that's not, but like, listen, I put the necklace on my life is together. All right. Golden is cool. Their mission is to make it by hand, make it personal, make a difference, creating connections and giving back through every purchase. Their jewelry has modern personalization options that just allow you to create a piece that tells your story. There's a million different ways to make it yours. Each piece is handmade just for you. You can choose your metal, size, and personal inscriptions to be hand-stamped by their makers. Also, when it comes in the mail, every piece comes with a letterpress, gift-ready packaging, a handwritten note, and a jewelry care kit. It is like 10 out of 10 packaging. So let's say you're getting this as a gift for someone else. Like, just know that they got you covered. Oh, this is huge, guys. They offer a happiness guarantee on all of their pieces, even personalized, which I have really never seen. I love supporting Golden because they believe in empowerment through craft by providing local craft workers in the Pacific Northwest with jobs working within a process that reduces waste, recycles scrap, and increases material sustainability. They donate 10% of all profits and more through special collections to organizations that support their core causes of education, liberation, and community building. Golden is female founded and run with a workforce consisting of 80% women. So you guys can use code IOYSM at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. Visit golden, that is G-L-D-N dot com to find the perfect piece and make it yours. Again, that is golden.com, G-L-D-N dot com, code IOYSM at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. You have to be intentional with how you want to live your life or else you're not going to have this like dream life. Like I can confidently say I am living like my actual dream life. Totally. But it's because I was actually, I said I didn't think for two years, but before that, like I still had things that I wanted, actual goals. Right. I, none of this stuff didn't happen by accident. A lot of it, yes, there is, there's always a, you know, random chance and luck, but you have to be prepared for that to actually happen. So it kind of, it exists, but it doesn't. Yeah. But I do think it's really important if you want this dream career or dream life, like you have to be proactive. Totally. And I agree. People outside of LA, that's one of the best things about LA is you are surrounded by 
I mean, not everyone, but you were surrounded by a lot of people. Chances are people that are mutual friends right. who are very proactive yeah. and know what they want and they're very intentional. And if you want to live a life, I think, to that standard for yourself, mm-hmm. it's inc- like incredibly important to be that way. Yeah, and it's important. I feel like thinking of goals can be really overwhelming sometimes. So it's like you start small. You start with the small wins and that's going to lead to the big wins. Obviously, you're not overnight going to become a success or whatever you're trying to work towards. So it's like you have to make really small goals and that's slowly just going to bring you up to where you want to be. No, I completely agree. Last question I have for you. Either share your favorite experience as a makeup artist or your favorite client experience and like every honestly do both. I just want to know. I feel like my favorite experience is honestly just the traveling opportunities that my job has given me. I feel like I've went to so many places and done so many things I never would have thought that I'd been able to do. Going on tour, I think, was one of the coolest, most fun times in my life. And it was honestly like my college experience, I always say, because it's like you're just waking up in a new city every single day, going and exploring during the day, doing a show. She going toured to with Avril Lavigne, by the way, guys. Yeah. Yes. And that had just so many fun things. And like we went to Napa together for a weekend and like got to hang there. Like it just comes with so many cool things. I feel like this job does traveling opportunities and stuff like that. And then what was the other question that you Favorite asked? Favorite client. Favorite client. Oh my God, that's so hard. But I always feel like I have to say Tana because yeah. at the end of the day, I really don't think that I would be where I am today if it weren't for Tana. I feel like she's been the biggest Alexis Oakley ride or die like of all time. And she's always connecting me with people and trying to help me in any way that she can, whether it's socially or career wise as well. And I'm so grateful for her for that. And so I feel like she's like day one. There is nothing I respect in someone more than that. Yeah. And I will say she is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Like she's just so nice. Like, yeah. I love that. I know. She's the best. She's connected me with so many people and just helped me so much. And she's always down, like, if I ever want to collaborate on something, like, she's always down to be in a YouTube video of mine or just give me a face to play with on. Like, she's just always down to help. I love that. That's so I sweet. know. It's really cute. I love the relationship you guys have. Yeah. I think it's really cool. It's the best. Okay, where can they find you and where can they book you, too? They can find me on Instagram, Alexis Oakley, YouTube, TikTok, all of the things. It's just Alexis Oakley. And then if people want to book me, they can email my manager, Wendy at AlexisOakley.com. It's actually my momager, but... Oh my God, no way. We love a momager. Wait, I love that. That comes so full circle. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's so sweet. Yeah. I know. It's really sweet. I love that. Yeah, she's the best. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Everyone, go follow her. The makeup is like unbelievable. It really (laughs) is. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys have the best Thursday ever or whatever day it is that you guys are listening. Again, don't forget to check out the Breadwinning Housewife merch. Follow us on Instagram, watch it on YouTube. Um, But I love you guys so much and I will talk to you next Thursday. Bye. 